The following program is intended to provide general information only, and its host, Tim Decker, recommends that you always seek competent professional guidance for financial, legal, and tax advice, as everyone's specific needs are unique. WHP Talk Radio 580 now presents Financial Freedom with Tim Decker from ISI Financial Group. A full hour of sleep well at night financial guidance from an experienced financial advisor. Talking about This is your financial show, Central PA, Financial Freedom on WHP Talk Radio 580. Well, good morning. Tim Decker here with you. Welcome to another hour of all things financial here on Financial Freedom. Thanks for joining us this Saturday morning. Uh, let me give you the phone number uh, if you would like to give me a call. We do take calls on a first-caller basis, so if you'd like to discuss something with me, ask me anything having to do with your finances if you would like my opinion and guidance i'll do my very very best to give you straightforward unbiased advice you can reach me here by dialing 717-540-0580 that's 717-540-0580 or toll free 800-724- 5801. That's 800 724 Or, as always, if you are phone shy, shoot me an email here live during the show by emailing ffradio at comcast.net. That's ffradio at comcast.net. Please be sure to include at least your first name and where you're from when you send the email, if you would be so kind. I want to apologize in advance. I uh, My allergies uh, are acting up this morning, so if I sound a little stuffy, uh, you've been forewarned, and uh, hopefully I won't uh, need to sneeze, but if so, uh, I will assure you that I will not sneeze anywhere near the microphone, so no need to panic there. Well, we finally, finally experienced some volatility in the markets. And I don't know about you, but I sincerely, sincerely love volatility. I love volatility as an investor. I love volatility as it relates to us being able to manage our clients' portfolios. Currently, at our firm, we are managing somewhere around $500 million in assets, um, having been in this business for over 30 plus years, one thing that I have learned and I have witnessed and I have uh, experienced firsthand, not only with my own personal investments, but with all of the assets that we manage for our clients, most of whom are nearing retirement or are in retirement, is that monies are most often made or most often lost during volatile times. That is why I welcome and actually love volatility. And there, when you when you look at this past week, and we had sent something out to all of our clients uh, 
And for those of you who are on our e-newsletter list, you would have gotten this uh, as well. When I pointed out in an email that when we had the the first 800 and some point day drop in the Dow, it was all over the news. Surprise, surprise, surprise. And the reason why is it gave the media an opportunity to point out that uh, it was over 800 points that we experienced in the way of a decline in one day. Well, unfortunately, what they should be emphasizing, which is very seldom what they do, because remember, there is no greater motivator than fear. No greater motivator than fear. And the best way to grab your attention is for the headlines, whether it be radio, whether it be television, whether it be newspaper, than to start the uh, uh, show or the article with a very, very fearful headline. So when you see words, in, you know, like uh, market is in a free fall or the Dow plunges over 800 points, whatever it is, they emphasize what they need to to grab your attention. Remember, the media does not have any interest, none whatsoever, in helping you achieve financial security for you and your loved ones. That's not their goal. Their goal is to grab your attention, to keep their ratings up so they can ultimately remain profitable as a result of getting sponsors to advertise with them. And the higher the ratings, the more sponsors, the more advertisers they get, and thus the more that they can charge. So that's why it's extremely, extremely dangerous to always consider who you are taking your guidance and advice from. So we heard, you know, market plunges over 800 points and, you know, and as I sent out a friendly reminder to our clients and uh, uh, even the, those of you on our e-newsletter li list, if you go back since 1928, since 1928, the percentage of this decline, which was, by, by the way, just a little over 3%, okay, which is nothing, if you go back since 1928 and you look at the U.S. market, do you know that a decline like that, not in terms of points, because points are irrelevant. It's the percentage of the decline. Since 1928, we have seen on average, and again, this is just on average, declines of 3% or more about 3 and a half times a year more than three times a year have we seen on average a decline of three percent or more so when these things take place and I continually remind you on this very show we will see declines expect declines expect the unexpected being you don't know nor does anyone know when these Declines will take place, but as I men mentioned just a few minutes ago, 
money is made and or money is lost during the most volatile times, and most specifically, volatility to the downside. No one ever seems to be upset or concerned when volatility is on the upside, that being above its long-term average trend line. But man, when markets go through declines, people become concerned, they become fearful, and people have a choice. And this is where money is made and or money is lost. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to pick back up with that theme, and I'm going to share with you exactly the choices that you are able to make as an investor, which can lead to you accumulating wealth and taking advantage of downside volatility or how you can choose to lose by making some other, uh, shall we say, unfortunate choices. All right, we're going to take our first break. We'll be right back. Again, if you have anything you'd like to discuss with me, you have me here, and I am here for you. You can reach me, 717-540-0580 or toll-free, 800-724-5801, or shoot me an email live, ffradio at comcast.net. I'm Tim Decker, and this is the program where we look out for your best interest, not the interest of Wall Street. We'll be right back. A lot of financial advisors won't want you to hear what we say. This is the financial show that represents you, not Wall Street. This is Financial Freedom with Tim Decker on WHP 580. All right, picking up uh, with uh, my thoughts before the first break and why I love volatility and how you, if you are invested properly and soundly and have a beautiful, globally diversified portfolio that is the servant of your goal-oriented financial plan, why you also can not only welcome, but actually love volatility. So let me just, again, put this in perspective. What we have seen and experienced this past week where when we had two down back-to-back -back days of roughly on the Dow, roughly down about 1,300 points, and then on uh, yesterday the Dow uh, came back uh almost 300 points this is minuscule in comparison of what you need to be willing to expect if this gets you shook if this is bothering you if you find yourself worrying about a percentage decline of you know four or five percent then that should tell you that you need to think about several things it should be a wake-up call and the reason you need to address these concerns immediately is 
If you're concerned now, what are you going to do? How are you going to feel if this de decline turns from a 5% to a 10% decline? How are you going to feel? What are you going to do if it goes down and it's a 15% decline from here? Because it may very well take place. I have no idea. No one does. Many will speculate, which as we know, when you look at all of the empirical evidence trying to speculate as to the short-term moves of the market uh, exposes one as a fool because there's no one that can reliably and predictably do that. So take that one off the table. But reflect within. If this is starting to bother you, if you got shook up, what are you going to do if this continues next week and over the next month, if it happens? I don't have to ask you how you're going to feel when the markets all of a sudden turn and take back off again. You don't mind volatility during those times, but what are you going to do if the market continues to go down, are you prepared for that? Do you have a proactive, not a reactive? Reaction is how you lose money during down markets. Proaction is how you can take advantage of many, many opportunities. Remember, and listen very carefully to what I'm going to say here. Price and value are always negatively correlated. Let me say that again. Price and value are always negatively correlated. When price goes up, the value of that goes down. Because it's more expensive. If you buy more of something as the price goes up and up and up, you're getting less of a value for what you're paying for it. However, when price goes down, the value goes up. You're able to buy more and more of whatever it is you're purchasing, and thus you're getting more of a value. Additionally, your future expected return in the world of equities, global stocks, the lower the price goes down, the higher the future expected returns are. And remember, you can never purchase past performance. That's why whenever you hear somebody say, well, my investments are earning 10% or my S&P 500 index fund is doing really good this year well it's not doing good it has done good or whatever specific investment you are referring to has performed a certain way but it's not in the present tense it's always in the past tense remember you do not get to purchase past performance that's why it's extremely important when you look at developing a portfolio and coming up with how you're going to allocate that among stocks and bonds and cash and 
uh, large companies and small companies and mid-sized companies, U.S. companies, international, real estate, whatever you have in your portfolio, which you should own almost all of those assets that I just shared, ultimately what drives how you are allocated needs to be dictated by what are the returns you need to achieve for you to realize your goals but you also need to make sure that your assumptions for what you are using in your projections going forward are based upon future expected returns and you are not using recent past returns and extrapolating those out into the future. Because the returns that you're going to achieve are only based upon what you receive in the way of returns starting on Monday and going forward. It's always a forward looking. And I've shared with you before, one of the biggest mistakes that investors make is falling into the trap. And this is the way our brains are wired as humans is falling into the trap of something that's called recency bias. We all, if we're not careful, we all have a bias, which is tempting to act upon we all have a bias to believe that what has recently been happening in the world of vesting will continue to happen. Even though, again, the empirical evidence shows that acting and making investment decisions based upon that recency bias is a major, major mistake. So going back to what, what I was challenging you to think about and reflect within I urge you to to really think about are you prepared are you gonna be okay are you gonna be a proactive investor do you have a portfolio in place that allows you to reinvest cash to automatically, with a non-emotional process, rebalance as needed that will allow you and actually takes advantage of market declines. Because I can tell you, and especially if you are working with any advisor that's worth their salt, it's easy when markets are just going up and up and up like they have for many, many years. But the money is made. The money is made during volatility on the downside. Because remember, when markets go down and they go down even more and concern starts turning into fear and for many, fear then turns into panic and people react because they hear this within them saying I just can't take it anymore I just can't take it anymore they throw all wisdom out the door and they sell they sell their investments always remember who are they selling to can you sell something without somebody else buying it no you can't who they're selling it to are the wise, patient 
investors. And as Buffett himself said, it's during market declines where money is returned from the impatient to the patient. So always remember, you're selling to somebody else who is so happy, I for one am, to be able to buy those shares from you at a much lower price in anticipation that I and my clients will be rewarded as we have always, no exception. If history is any guide, and if it's not guide, then we have no guide at all. But if history is any guide, one thing we know is whether it's a little blip on the screen like we saw this past week of, you know, 4 or 5% decline, or it's a market correction of 10%, or it's a bear market of 20%, or if it's a fabulous, fabulous opportunity like we saw in 2008, where the S&P 500 index from peak to trough from October 2007 to all the way down where it bottomed out in March of 2009, we saw a peak to trough of about a 57% decline. What were you doing then? What did you do? Were you working with an advisor who earned their keep, who earned their pay for many, many, many years over by not only keeping you on track and in line with your financial plan, but also took advantage via rebalancing and the lower the markets went, little by little you were buying more and more shares. And you know what happens then? When the market all of a sudden, without announcing so, it turns around and takes off. You own more shares on the way up than you did on the way down. And that, my friend, is how you capitalize on and make money during down markets. All right, we're going to go to the news. We come back, we'll pick right back up. Uh, would love to hear from you. Have anything you'd like to share or anything you'd like to ask? I'll do my very best to help you as it is my goal here on this show to be your trusted resource for financial truths. We'll be right back. This is your financial show, Central PA. Financial Freedom on WHP 580. All right, welcome back. Second half of Financial Freedom, where it's my goal, it's my passion to provide you a resource to help you get straightforward, unbiased information from the one show here on WHP, where you can trust that as a fee-only financial advisor, I have a legal fiduciary responsibility in all that I do to provide you with information and guidance that I believe truly is in your best interest. Okay, let's go to the phones. We have Mr. Robert from Camp Hill. Hi, Robert. How are you? And I appreciate your patience, sir. Oh, sure. I'm well, thank you. And yourself? What can I do for you? Um, I'm looking at a situation where my income is going to increase roughly about 2000 a month, and I'm hoping to, uh, in the past, I've not really turned it into investment. And I'm just kind of wondering where's a good place to start at and then how that progression might look, you know, for years to come. Okay. Um, how old are you, Robert? I'm 47. 
Okay. Must be nice to all of a sudden have an extra 2000 a month that you can sock away, yeah. huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Not, nothing feels better from a financial perspective than being able to sock money away. So congrats on that. Uh, uh, that's great news. Let me just ask you just a few quick things, and then based upon that, if if I may, I'll be happy to offer you some uh, input. Is that fair enough? Okay. Sure. Okay. Um, what kind of debt do you have? I have about twenty thousand in credit card, and then I have uh, about the same in home equity, and that's pretty much it. Okay. Now the credit card is that a balance that you carry or do you pay that off every month um that would be in conjunction i i would try to pay that down it's i have you know i make monthly payments but obviously i still have to pay interest on the the balance right there okay hands down the very first thing i would do attack that like you have never attacked anything else because okay. remember Money saved is money made. Let me say that again. Money saved is money made. So let's say you're paying 10% interest or, or whatever it is. Every penny that you reduce that by, if, if the interest rate is 10, you just received a guaranteed return on your money of 10%. Now, I can tell you there is no place out there in this world that you are going to receive right now a guaranteed 10% return. So first thing I would do is I would attack that like there's no tomorrow. And you will feel so good to have that monkey off your back, number one. Number two, do you have a retirement plan at work? No. Okay. I mean, not really. Okay. So there's no matching 401K or anything like that? Correct. I, I worked for the government for about 15 years. I have something there, that's, but my current job now. Okay. Um, and when we take a look at, if if you and I were to sit down and take just get a snapshot of all of your liquid assets, say savings, checking, uh, any investment accounts that you have that are non, non-IRAs, uh, roughly how much do you have in liquid assets? Just give me a ballpark. Probably just a couple grand. Okay. Next thing I would suggest that you do then is we need to get that some liquidity built up. So what you what you want to do, and the reason that's so important is if we don't have some liquid assets as an emergency fund when something comes up, even though you've got the credit card that we attack and pay off, what's going to happen if something comes up and you don't have enough liquid cash? You're going to put it back on the credit card, which we don't want. Then you're going to get back in that hole again. So what I would do is um, after you attack that credit card, the next thing I would do is I would start building up some liquid reserves. And if you shop around, um, you can get money market rates now roughly 1.6, 1.8. And I would build up, you know, at least – you know, three to six months of what you would need in the event of an emergency. What kind of work do you do? Um, education administrator. Okay, okay. So your your job is pretty stable then. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> okay, okay. 
Um, and the reason why I'm asking is for people that have uh, a c- career in a job that is very volatile and is subject to economic s- sensitivity, um, you're going to want to to have more in an emergency reserve. But someone like yourself, if you believe that you are in a good, st- stable job and it's not subject to what the economy is doing, etc., then, you know, typically I wouldn't have uh, any more than three to six months of what you would need for monthly income socked away. So figure out what that monthly amount would be if you became disabled or you lost your job or whatever. And, you know, let's let's build up, you know, at least six months worth um, in cash. And and you can get yourself, you know, you can get a hold of Vanguard. Um, uh, they got a money right. market fund. Uh, so I would build that up. So first thing, let's hit the cards. Number two, build up the emergency reserve. And then next, next would be taking the t- 2000 a month and say, okay, how much of that do I want to earmark for long-term for retirement? And then let's, you know, look at an IRA. And if you don't want it all to go into an IRA, maybe you want some of it for five years from now or 10 years from now, then the type of investments that you're going to want to use for objectives only five to 10 years out is going to be a little bit different than money that you're going to want to earmark for longer term, say 10, 20, 30 years out in a IRA. Now, let me ask you one more thing. What do you expect um, your approximate income to average over the next year or two? Uh Probably around fifty thousand. Okay. Are you married or single? Married. Okay. So you married, filed jointly, and income's going to be roughly around fifty between you both. Is that right? I am. Yeah, it might be closer to sixty for the both of us. Okay. Okay. The reason why I'm asking is that's going to have an impact on what type of IRA I'm going to suggest that you look at, since you're going to be in a lower tax bracket, I would strongly recommend you look at a Roth IRA. Roth IRA, you're not going to get the tax deduction up front, but because you're not in a high tax bracket right now, that's not nearly as important to you as it is having that Roth grow tax-free, all the earnings tax-free, and the beautiful thing, Robert, is when you go to take it out, when you retire, all of that money is going to come out of there tax-free. So that that is the order of how I would uh, suggest you look at this extra two grand. Let's nail the cards. Let's get that monkey off your back, and you and your wife make a vow that we will never, ever carry a credit card debt month to month ever again. Number two, build up your emergency reserve. Fund and then number three. After those two things, uh, think about how much now do you want to sock away for long term. Consider looking at a Roth IRA, and then also if you got something that you want to uh, save for that necessarily isn't all the way until retirement, then maybe looking open up a regular uh, investment account. And last thing is, you know, I would strongly suggest, and we can help you, or you can find. Someone else, I would suggest you sit down with a 
fee-only advisor. Maybe pay them uh, for an hour worth of their time, and they can help you map all this out, and you can come up with uh, a game plan. So I hope that helps you out. Yes, sir. What's the name of your company again? It's ISI Financial Group. Our, our website is isifinancialgroup.com. Okay, great. Thank you so much for your help, Mr. Decker. You are welcome, and, hey, I sincerely wish you the very, very best. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. You bet. All right, let's go to our last break. When we come back, we'll pick right back up. Uh, you have you have something you want to run by me or share with me? You can give me a call here, 717-540-0580, or toll-free 800-724-5801, or shoot me a quick email live here at FF radio at comcast.net. I'm Tim Decker. We'll be right back. Providing you with the information and answers to gain your financial independence. This is Financial Freedom on WHP 580. Once again, here's Tim Decker. All right. Before we go to Harry uh, from Harrisburg, let me remind all of you, uh, please, uh, we make something available to all of you, and absolutely there is no cost. Uh, We don't even want to know your name. Um, if you go to our website, we have a free e-newsletter called Insights and Education. Uh, and if you sign up for that, you will receive ongoing uh, emails from uh, our firm. I write different articles. Uh, just this past week, I sent out an email with some perspective on what took place in the markets this past week. And we continually get tremendous feedback from all of our followers uh, and subscribers. But, uh, again, if you go to our uh, website, it's isifinancialgroup.com. That's isifinancialgroup.com. Sign up for our e-newsletter, Insights and Education. And we also have many other uh, uh, articles on the site for you uh, to enjoy uh, that I have written over the past. So uh, it's there. Take advantage of it, and I'm more than happy to make it available. Okay, let's go to Harry from Harrisburg. Hello, Harry. How are you? Fine. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How can I help you, sir? Yeah, so through my employer, Prudential Retirement, I have a TSAT plan, and we have a 403B or a Roth mm-hmm. 403B. And right now I just started giving 6% to the 403B because my employer gives up to um, fifty percent. So they're giving three percent. So it's That's a total great. of nine percent. So what's your, what's your opinion on that? The four hundred three B or the Roth four hundred three B should I be given to? Okay, first of all, um, you mentioned that the investment company that the money's going to is Prudential. Is that right? Yes, sir. Okay, did they provide you by chance with a list of many different investment options, or was that the only option? No, they um they do it themselves. I can either go into, like, high risk or low risk or medium risk. Okay, but it's all your, – your only options are within the wrapper of a Prudential product. Is that right? Oh, right, yeah, it's through um, Compassion okay. and Prudential Retirement. Okay, well – reason why I was asking is the first thing that we want to look at is, uh, number one, we want to make sure that you're contributing whatever you have to to take full advantage of, of the match. And it sounds like you are. So that's 
number one. Okay. So, again, make sure you take full advantage and do whatever you have to to contribute to get the full employer match. Number two, we want to make sure it's going into the best investment vehicle that's available for you. And that's where we, we, it's very important that you look at or have somebody help you identify and do an analysis of not only what your options are, but what are the expenses. And most 403B plans, and I hate to say this, um, and, and this is the case whether you, whether you work for a school or a hospital or where, where, wherever, the vast majority of those that we see have horrible, horrible investment options. Most of them are uh, loaded mutual fund companies like through American Funds or uh, uh, Franklin Templeton, and many of them actually have annuities which have outrageous expenses in them. So that would be second thing is I would want to look at, you know, what, what options do you have available, what are the expenses, and make sure that we are picking from the, 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 the options that are going to best help you grow those assets. And then the, number three is give me an idea. Are you single or married? Single. Okay. What, what's your approximate income, Harry? About 30000 yearly. Okay. I would definitely lean towards the Roth option. And the so reason why is sim- – I'm, I'm sorry? I said so just give the whole 6% to the Roth 403B? Yes. Based on your, based on your tax bracket, you're in a lower tax bracket, similar to uh, Robert, who I spoke with earlier. While you're still in a lower tax bracket, before your income goes up over – the years and you get up in higher tax brackets, if you're in a lower tax bracket, which is where you're at right now, I definitely would lean towards the Roth option because the benefit of a pre-tax in the traditional 403B is not nearly as important to you while while you're in a low tax bracket. But the Roth is going to allow you to put it in. You're not going to get the tax deduction now, but that's okay because your taxes are not that much right now, but you're going to get a tremendous benefit in the future by having that Roth not only grow tax-free, but also you're going to be able to make a withdrawal tax-free after you uh, after you look at, at retirement. But again, I would sit down with, um, I would Find yourself a fee-only financial advisor that you can pay for an hour of their time, somebody who has nothing to sell you. That's why you want to make sure it's a fee-only advisor. And they can help you evaluate what your options are. They can help you look at the expenses so that you can feel good that you're making the best choice available. All right, and, like, one more more question. So the regular 403B plan, they take out the money before taxes. So with the Roth 403B, will be taxed and still go? Yep, that's right. Yep, that's exactly oh, right. So, so it will be taxed. Okay. Yeah, it'll, it'll be taxed now, but then when you take it out down the road, it's going to be tax-free. So, All right. Hope that helps you, Harry. And I wish you the very best. Thank you. You bet, sir. Well, that's this hour. Time flies as it always does. And uh, I just want to remind you that do a gut check. Reflect. 
are you prepared and are you sure you are prepared for the next major market decline whenever it takes place and do you have a plan in place to take advantage of whenever the next market decline takes place if not run don't walk run and sit down with a fee-only financial advisor that can help you put something together enjoy your day and go penn state we'll be with you next week